and welcome to episode number 61 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, Fairway J. We talk a little bit about sports betting, a little bit about DFS and poker, everything, big bets, big promotions, and some opinions of, the, of basically where we might be putting some money along the way, guys, big sporting events, and of course, NFL is finally here. There is some preseason Games going on, we will talk about that as well. We'll talk about the big DFS contests that have already been announced. We'll talk about what exactly is a key number if you're not, you know, if you're kind of new to all this and wondering kind of how that all plays out. We'll talk about teasers and how that plays into the whole key number conversation and whatnot. And then we have a nice interview with Matthias Stetz, who is the COO of Rush Street Interactive. They just announced a big handicapping contest over there in Pennsylvania. So we'll talk to him about that and then we'll close out talking about all the handicapping contests if you guys want to get involved. Of course, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, and you can find us on the Twitter machine at the Lions US. Please go and rate, review, give us a five-star review, let us know what's going on, and subscribe because this thing will automatically hit your phone every single time we post it, and that is the easiest way for you to listen for us. Guys, let's kick things off here. Of course, we'll talk preseason in just a second, but we like to talk about some promotions here. We certainly want to keep our listeners uh, in the know. And one of the big things that came through from DraftKings is they're running a promotion here, Brett, that is a touchdown from either the Jets, Giants, or Eagles is plus 100. Now it's a $10 max, but I mean, when you look at this from where we're sitting, it's three different teams. Only, only one touchdown is required between the three teams. You're basically getting a free 10 bucks. Yeah, this is a pretty sweet odds boost from DraftKings. Original odds on this were minus 10,000. They are now even money. So place your $10 bet on this. And if any of these three teams score a touchdown, uh, you double your money, basically. I, 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 got, I'm, I would not be happy if it was just the Jets or Giants. I wouldn't be thrilled about this, to be honest. <laughs> but the fact that we get Carson Wentz and the Eagles – uh, and a really nice matchup in week one makes me feel really good about this. But, yeah, I'm seeing people complain about the limit on this. It's a, shut up. Like, I was just about to say, I mean, free money. Yeah, I was just about to say, Jay, I mean, you. we as sports bettors, we rarely get these opportunities where it is a sports book basically handing us free money. I mean, yeah, it's ten dollars. But hell, ten dollars is ten dollars. I mean, where else are we going to get a free ten dollars handed to us? I mean, I just can't understand backlash from a sports book giving you a free ten bucks. You almost have to look at it and say, yes, they're, it, it's definitely giving it away because it's going to, they're going to score. One of the teams is going to score a touchdown. And the other thing is, you know, it, it's certainly a promotion. It gets you to their sites. But when you get to their sites, you can also check out not only the lines on the games, but they have other promotions. And if you're on top of some of those and, and periodically you decide to take a more serious look at the odds and lines, you can hopefully get the best of it. But this is a free giveaway. You should definitely check it out. And we will certainly keep you guys up to date on all the promotions that are going to be happening across New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I imagine we are going to have several, several more that will be announced here in the coming weeks as we head into football season. So be sure. And like I said, subscribe to the podcast and we will keep you up to date on all of those. Now, keeping you up to date is what we want to do as far as the DFS landscape as well. And looking here, they have come out. The big sites have all come out with their marquee contest for week one already in the regular season we're not talking about week one in the preseason here we are talking about week one in the actual nfl here and DraftKings 
Kicking things off on Thursday. So if you know they run the showdown contest, which is just a one-game slate. Brett, they're coming with a $10 contest and $2.5 million guaranteed. Now, I know you are not the biggest fan of these one-game slates and these showdown contests and whatnot, but uh, they're they're stepping up to the plate here with a pretty big contest to kick things off. Yeah, and I'll be playing this one because it's. I mean, it is it is the introduction to the likely NFL to overlay. Season. I should probably mention. I mean, there's yeah. the, with only the ten dollar entry fee there. Yeah, very well could, and you get a pretty nice matchup here with Aaron Rodgers uh, against the Bears. So I mean, a, a lot of different players uh, you could go with along with the Bears defense. Uh, so it, it'll be fun. I mean, you know, I, like you said, I don't love the showdown. I'm not going to throw a lot of money into this, but it, it's definitely a fun way to to have a sweat for the uh, the opening Thursday night game. And they do have the Millie Maker already up. You're probably familiar with that if you had a TV over the last few years. If the DraftKings commercials didn't get to you, I will let you know. The Millionaire Maker is a $20 buy-in tournament. For this one, it is a $5 million guaranteed. Of course, $1 million to first. But this is where the payout structure of this. I know Brett and I, we've joked and called it kind of like, you know, a lottery ticket winning the lottery or something like that. You and I, we talk all, all back and forth with these like massive contests. So we say, like, yeah, it's it's not really skill. It's more like the lottery. But, uh, you know, it is $20 and it is a million dollars to first place. It drops off to 200 k to second and then all the way down to $10,000 for 10th. Jay, this is certainly one of those contests where you're 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 trying to just go big or go home here because the ROI in something like this is probably going to be negative more times than not, especially when you consider that you could beat out 100,000 people and get 10th place in this thing and only only get 10K. I mean, it's just, it's very, very tough to return a profit here if you don't kind of bink one of those top three spots. It's kind of like some of the contests we'll talk about in a little bit on just the payout structures. But again, it's it's, uh, top heavy. And yet if you... Enjoy it. I think that's what it's about. You know, you, you enjoy doing this and in, 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 in a small fee to win a lot. That's the promotion. And, and you get an opportunity to certainly maybe hone your skills. And, and if anything, it, it allows you to research more into players and, and use those uh, opportunities and stats where you see fit in, in maybe some of your other betting, but also with, I think, some of the fantasies uh, in other contests as well. It is 150 max entries into that. So if you did want to max out in that, it would cost you three grand to max out the Millie Maker. Brett, one content, one thing is probably only for week one. I, I'm just speculating here. Maybe we'll ask DraftKings if this is something that we'll, we'll see pop up throughout the course of the NFL season. But it is here for week one. And this is certainly something I would recommend you guys going ahead and getting in because these are likely going to fill because these contests just don't come around very often. For week one, they are doing a 1K and a $100 buy-in. So two different tournaments, single entry, only 10% rake and 25K added to the prize pool. So, Brett, just right off the bat, the 10% rake is something that that really jumps off the page to me in a, in a world where we're seeing, you know, rake getting as high as like 18, 19%, the only 10% rake on these tournaments. And then the 25K, so basically guaranteeing an overlay in these things. I mean, again, probably not going to happen too often over the course of the season, but it is here for week one. And this is something I would highly, highly recommend. If your bankroll is in the place where you can do that, I would certainly play these things. Yeah, we'll have to reach out to DraftKings and see if this is something they plan on running all season long. Because this is this is a great one. And for somebody who likes to play single entry contests, just kind of show off what you can do against some of the top players here who can't fire off 150 entries. It's just one versus one. Uh, this is a great one, especially the $100 single entry. It's not 
too expensive, and uh, it'll be a nice price pool for that one. The 1K, you're going to see all of the titans of, of DFS in that one for sure. But I, I I will probably throw my hat in the ring in the $100 single entry on um, yeah, that's that's a pretty exciting one with the 25k uh, price pool added. Yeah, definitely loving that. And and DraftKings, if you're listening to this, yeah, try to run this every other week or something like that. If you don't want to do it every week, every other week, uh, that would be pretty great. Uh, making a player friendly tournament like that is certainly yeah. certainly awesome. Uh, FanDuel Sunday Million over there. It is only a nine dollar entry into this one. Three point five million guaranteed. Of course, a million to first. We see an even bigger drop off here from this standpoint. We have a million dollars to first, two hundred to second, just like in the other one. But then all the way down to six k for ninth and tenth in this thing. So again, you are just seeing you gotta basically finish top three in these deals here. But they do have a very player friendly tournament for newbies. They have a three hundred k guaranteed called the Huddle. It's only ten percent rake. It's three dollar entry. It's 20K to first. It pays 25% of the field and it excludes experienced players. So, Jay, for somebody who's kind of getting into DFS for the first time, I mean, listen, it's a very low entry fee. It is a low rake, especially for a low buy in. You see a flat payout structure and it pays a quarter of the field, and you're not playing against high volume players because they're excluded from this tournament. So, again, if you, if you have any interest whatsoever in DFS, this is probably a good way to kind of dip your toe. This is like the $10 uh, giveaway in the first segment we talked about. This is a no-brainer. I mean, these are $3 entries. Or, you know, the, to, to, to be able to get into uh, a contest like this where they have not only the payout, but, but they're paying 25% of the field, which is huge, and that's a really, really good way to get people that don't play as often or are beginners or are learning their way to give them an opportunity to just cash something and know that um, at a very, very minimal entry fee, you can not only enjoy it, but uh, you know, pick up the players that, and and look at the look at really the structure and, and get more experienced on how to uh, utilize the, the 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 numbers that you have to have for putting together quality fantasy teams. And I think three dollars. I mean, how can you beat that? And ten percent rake, but you got to factor in the you're not facing any of the experienced players. So you could probably cut that a decent amount just by not having those top players in the field. I was just about to cut to you for that. I was about to ask you the same thing. I was going to say, can you add some commentary here just on how important it is for a new player to get in here and not have to play against guys that, you know, I mean, like you and me who've been playing for the last seven years, you know, seven, eight, nine years. It's it's a pretty big advantage to be able to get into a tournament like this. This is my this is my favorite contest of the whole week that I've seen. And I can't even play it just because they're they're catering to the new player. They're trying to, to attract, uh, you know, the, the player who is afraid to face the top pros. We, you know, we've had all this slammed into our face for years, the top one percent winning all the dfs money well they can't win in this contest so uh this is kind of uh an access point for for the for the newcomer and you know the guy who kind of shied away from dfs for a while to get back in and participate in a really and i mean it's a huge contest three dollars with 300k guaranteed it is it is and then paying out i really do like they're paying out a quarter of the field as well I, i i like that i like more people having a positive experience whenever they try these things out so Definitely love that. Certainly something we will get into as we talk about some of these things a little bit later with these handicapping contests. Fantasy Draft, if you haven't heard of that site, it is a new way of playing DFS. And I say that because they changed their format here, Brett. 
I think what we're looking at is now you basically pay a fee up front, but all the contests are not raked. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. We're actually working on a piece uh, about this as we speak. So I haven't taken a deep dive into exactly what the the fees are to play. But, yeah, it is it is no rake on entry fees anymore. You basically pay uh, almost like I guess you'd call it a membership fee or something. Yeah, you know? that's, something that's like that. what it is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, they are doing a million dollar guaranteed tournament. It is a twenty dollar buy in hundred thousand to first over there. So uh, check that out if you want to try something a little bit differently. And then uh, uh, draft is a best ball league. If you don't know what best ball is, it is the best part of fantasy football and then you'd leave it sit it and forget it just the draft so you go in it's a deep bench so you just draft a whole bunch of players and then after that you don't have to worry about trades you don't have to worry about waiver wires you don't have to worry about setting a lineup what happens is is your highest scores at each position throughout the course of every single week are just automatically plugged into your lineup so again it is just a draft you sit it and forget it it's a 25 dollar entry one million to first place in that one as well. I've been playing a ton of best balls over the last couple of years. I really, really like the format. I think it is, I guess one of the problems here, and this is for both of you guys, is I guess one of the only problems with best ball is that if someone's getting into these best ball leagues kind of in early August and kind of getting going with all of that, they're probably guys who are fairly sharp. I don't know how many casual guys are actually hopping in these best ball leagues in early August and trying to take advantage of some of these players that we're aware of. But the problem is, is everybody's aware of these, you know, players that are a little bit further down the bench who might be getting their chances to start in say week six, week seven, and you have them on your bench and bam, now they're automatically plugged in as every week starters for you. So I actually don't know if there's a very big edge in these things. I don't know either. I, I think now that we're into preseason, you're going to see a lot of casual guys jumping in just because of the one million dollars for first place. And, you know, draft draft is getting some some nice uh, promotion out of this because they are now owned by FanDuel. So FanDuel is pushing it as well. So, I mean, it's it's out there. I think people are, are finding out about it and playing it. It's an awesome contest. And. I was only planning on firing one entry just to say I was involved not happening, in it, but Brett. When we when we meet when we get together next <laughs> week, you and I are going to sit there and we're just going to fire into this thing as heavy and as often as humanly possible. I know what you're doing. You keep coming at me with all this best ball stuff, and I, <laughs> I, I get I get I get the itch to to fire off these drafts. They are so much fun. The draft app is awesome. It is it is the coolest experience I've had drafting a team. So. Um, yeah, I, I'll probably end up with way more than my, <laughs> my, my one original entry because it's a million dollars to first. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a lot of fun. It is. It is. All right, Jay, we are into preseason here. Real NFL football has started. And I don't want you to say it's practice football, because if you can bet on it, it's real, damn it. And it is real football to me. Any preseason, any preseason observations from you so far? I mean, of course, we're we haven't seen every single team play as of Friday morning when we are taping this, but we have seen a a decent amount of these teams take the field here. Of course, we did see Kyler Murray. That was what everyone was kind of waiting on there. We did see some the new and improved Lamar Jackson going to get out on the field. So anything from the games in the last week that really stood out to you? Well, I know we didn't see Andrew Luck last night, but those are expected sits, you know, and, and I, I think in looking just at the scores, I was a little, not, not surprised 
surprised. I just we saw more scoring. I think overall the lowest score I think we saw was twenty nine nothing. So twenty nine points was the lowest, and we saw a number of higher scoring games. But you're going to you know again as you're betting these um, as best you can glean information on um, which what what kind of rotations you're going to have the quarterbacks and. Um, it wasn't a surprise to me to see some of the main guys sitting, and we're going to talk about some of the running backs that continue to hold out, and and those are things you need to watch. Um, I, I think that I think that your your point to me specifically though is we saw a number of higher scoring games from the Miami game with backup quarterbacks beating Atlanta thirty four to twenty seven late touchdown gets them the win in the cover to the Giants putting thirty one on the board in a thirty one twenty two win over the Jets. You know, those those totals are set in the mid thirties and we're you know, they're scoring well into the fifties. So a number of games like that and I think that's something to adjust and maybe maybe in the week two we'll see some overall maybe an average on the totals a little higher than we saw from week one. Yeah, definitely I think we will see some adjustment here. One of the things that I jumped on and I jumped on really late and didn't have a chance to kind of like spread what I was thinking and my kind of my thought process behind it whenever I was taking a look at these deals was just the fact that uh, Tennessee, the Tennessee against the Eagles, I once I got to looking at it, I realized like, okay, look, they're not going to play Carson Wentz. He's getting back healthy. They're certainly not going to take any chance in preseason game number one. And then you look who the backup quarterback is in Tennessee, and it's Ryan Tannehill, a guy who obviously has a ton of starts in the NFL. And so honestly, Ryan Tannehill is also might be auditioning to try and unseat Marcus Mariota in in, in there in Tennessee. So whenever I looked at that, I, I kind of hopped on Tennessee. That was really my only big bet of of, yeah. of the entire preseason here. But I think that's something that maybe we can take into account as well. It's just maybe just the, looking at these backup quarterback situations and who's going to be coming in after the starter leaves. And in a situation like this, where it's you know Mariota plays only throws eight passes, and then Tannehill comes in and throws. 16 passes goes for 130 yards and a couple of touchdowns I mean Tannehill is a guy who has a ton of NFL experience so that was really the only play that that I made and I wish I would have you know picked this up and and shared it on the podcast last week that that was something that I was going to be looking at but I had not had a chance to really dig in quite yet but I think that is certainly something Brett that maybe we can take a look at is just really truly what's the quarterback situation in these preseason games because as we know the most important position in all of sports yeah that's a good read because uh i i actually think Tannehill might be better than Mariota and he's, he's playing for a starting job so uh yeah great what was the, what was the spread on that one it was real so that was another pretty small one you know and yeah. it was it was another all these games really came out i think jay I, I i didn't look at really all of the closing lines i think the biggest spread i saw was four and a half was there anything bigger than four and a half in the games last night no, and you're yeah. going to see some closer to that now in the games over the weekend here. But uh, I think all but one had a spread um, three or less, and this one was at one and a half. And, you know, they're given home field and all that little bit. But your point spot on about the quarterback and Tannehill and Mariota playing and then Woodside comes in a little later and, and does well also but the the Eagles quarterback rotation was nothing as strong so there was a big edge there for the Titans and as well as you know Tannehill when you have a guy that may be pushing for the starting spot and wants to a new team and wants to impress his teammates a little bit you know they they up their play a little bit perhaps um, along the lines as well. So looking at some other things that are still happening and we're keeping an eye on here. Now, I think, you know, Brett and I, you and I have ch- you and I have chatted offline about this. We 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 fully expect Zeke and, and Gordon to to come back and play this season. Now, 
Whether that is week one or not, I guess we don't really know here. I kind of thought Zeke would be back by now. He is choosing to continue the holdout. Um, So is Melvin Gordon here. Are you going to kind of start to handicap these teams just a little bit with the thought that maybe these guys won't be with these teams in week one? Are you going to start really, really paying attention to who could be, you know, backing up these guys who, or I guess I shouldn't say backing up, if they don't show up, they're going to be the starters there. A lot of sharp people say that running backs don't matter, but these guys are elite running backs. Like Zeke, especially a guy who ran the ball over 300 times last year. He is, He's worth something to an over under total win total. So, I mean, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. I, I don't believe Gordon is is quite to that value. I think the you know, the guys who filled in from last year, Eckler and, and Jackson filled in really well. I think they'd be OK. But, yeah, Zeke is, is definitely the one I'm keeping an eye on. He's he does not seem happy with his situation right now. So I wouldn't be shocked if he sat out part of the season. And that could certainly affect, you know, the number of games they win and whether they make the playoffs or not. So, I mean, that he's really the only guy I'm watching at this point. Jay, when do you start to take these things into account with how you're going to maybe even adjust your numbers over the course of the season? I think in in the over under market, as Brett alluded to, you have to recognize that these guys are out and if you're going to play it have uh, an awareness of where you want to bet it at which which total what what the num- what the number is on season wins as it comes into play in the opening weeks you know we saw last that Le'Veon Bell had the same situation through preseason and it ended up holding out throughout. And they st- they plug in another running back in Connor and he does a really good job and and so I think the trepidation maybe that you have on God, these guys are going to be missing their star running backs. Um, look at the, who the backups are. Look at who they are performing. And in, in Dallas's case, I think Elliott has the most to lose. His he by first of all the the Cowboys' first three games, they have a great shot at going three. You know, I think they play the Redskins, Giants, um, and Dolphins, and that'll only hurt his leverage more. But more so, I think his contract situation is set up that if he does sit out or try, attempts to sit out the whole year, it's going to roll over into the next two. Years and he's just—he's going to be back to square one if, if he does this. So he's, I think, had the most risk and the most to lose. Um, I sometimes wonder why these guys signed the contracts. But in terms of the betting market, you just have to have an awareness that these guys are out. Look at the backup situations, and really, when you're dealing with the running backs, look at the offensive line. Do they have a really strong offensive line? Because when Elliott had his breakout rookie year, their line was, if not the best, it was one of the top two or three in the league and uh and he's obviously holding out knowing his value but boy 300 carries in a season you know i understand why the backs want more money and why they hold out but he's not in a good leverage position at all um with the cowboys agreed i i'm basically said the exact same thing to a group of my friends yesterday who i'm i'm from originally from north northwest louisiana so i actually have cowboys friends you know cowboys fans friends because it's actually closer to Dallas than it is to New Orleans there in where I grew up. And so it's uh, some Cowboys fans in my group of friends who are kind of like talking about this whole Zeke situation. I basically said the same thing. I'm like, man, you know, the, the problem with all this for Zeke is it looks like they could actually start this season pretty well without him. And and they're kind of looking and saying like, OK, if you want to do you want to sit out, buddy, you don't really have a ton to gain from this. And so it is going to be very, very interesting to see how this plays out in this whole situation. I agree with you, Brad. I think that when you look at what Eckler brings to the table for for that Chargers team and you kind of see the way they use him and how he's been doing, I mean, I don't know. I, I understand Melvin Gordon did have a massive season last year, but 
I don't know. I don't know if it's such a massive drop off. Yeah, I think we're talking about two different tiers of players in Zeke and Gordon. I think Zeke is the absolute peak of the running back position in the league. Right. Gordon is, you know, Gordon is, is certainly far behind him. We talked, we talked a little bit last week, guys, about how we want to be sure and make sure you have an understanding of certain things that come up across your plate in a handicapping situation and key numbers being one of those things. Of course, you're going to read articles probably by Jay. You're going to read articles from Brett. You're going to hear us talk about it on the podcast. You're going to read and hear about this stuff across various different media outlets out there about key number this, key number that, key number this, key number that. We want to make sure that you even understand what a key number is. And so, uh, Jay, I'm going to start start with you. You said you had some notes to kind of talk about here, but I mean, the big key numbers that we watch are three and seven, six to a lesser extent, but but three and seven being the the massive two key numbers that we're always watching whenever we are handicapping. Um, without question, and to, just a general idea, and, and our listeners, you know, you can Google this and see kind of there's charts out there that show this. The, the number three has dropped a little bit since uh, 2003, but you're talking about 15% approximately of those of games that end uh, land on the number three of three being the, the margin of victory. And um, previously it was a little higher than that, but what's happened obviously in the last four years now, since 2015, when, when they went to the point after attempt, moved that back and you saw instead of 99 plus percent of conversions, you're seeing 92 93% of point after. So the, the number three is still the most popular uh, in terms of what the it lands on. But you have to just have an understanding. That's clearly the number one. The point number seven is it's coming in around approximately 9% of the games land on a seven-point margin. And the surprising one, is, as you mentioned, Matt, to some might be uh, number six. And that's be, mainly because of the point differential, uh, the EAT has had more games landing on six now, about 6% than in the past. Um, and then obviously 10 is very important. And the number four has dropped a little bit in the recent seasons. But those are the key numbers when you're evaluating. So when you look at the lines that they come out, if you're better and try to get your numbers uh, bets in or you see a line at minus two and a half and you really believe that that team's going to win and you want to take advantage and get the best number versus it moving to three which oftentimes it does so um just have an awareness and understanding see those approximate numbers if you're uh you know all the analytics that come out and point to these uh you know they're using percentages these are the key numbers where the games often land and you have to have an understanding and awareness of that when you're in the betting market brett when you take a look at these numbers and you know when we take into account three seven and six i mean we are looking at 30 percent i mean we are i mean we are looking at 30 percent of the games land exactly on three six or seven so if you're wondering why when you look and see a six and a half or a seven and a half or a two and a half or a three and a half why it makes such a huge, huge, huge difference because literally one in three games is landing on three, six or seven. Yeah, and it's it's why it's so important, important for people to be looking at numbers rather than just looking at a side because, you know, the two and a half for a favorite and the three and a half for an underdog are so crucial because of these numbers land on three so often and the same for seven you're looking for six and a half and seven and a half just to give you that hook and uh, an edge uh, if you you know if you're you're betting aside so i mean oftentimes that can be the deciding factor in, in the side you want to take is what what number you can get uh on on a game and, and most importantly 
you want to be shopping around for uh, a better number. You don't just look at your one book. Look around to see if you can find a three and a half where it might be three somewhere else. Exactly. If you are, if these numbers don't jump, like if you're hearing this and it doesn't like really open your eyes, if you had not heard that before, I mean, that is why it is so important to, you know, if you live over in New Jersey or Pennsylvania or even here in, in Vegas or wherever you're doing your betting to have a few different accounts open because you might be able to find, you know, that three and a half whenever you're looking for it. You might be able to find that six and a half instead of the seven whenever you're looking for it. And again, when we see that how often these games, literally one in three games landing on three, six or seven, it is just a staggering amount of games. Just shocking whenever you see the numbers right there in front of you. And Jay, which really leads us to you know uh, uh, teasers which is very very popular amongst some sharp guys that I know being able to manipulate the line if you guys don't know what a teaser is it's two or more combinations where you can move the spread or total by six six and a half seven points typically for the NFL actually I looked at the Circa app um, Circa being the new kid on the block here in Nevada you they're actually going to offer five and five and a half point teasers for the NFL this year but typically you're getting six six and a half or seven and you're able to manipulate the spread and the to- or the total and and actually spread and total in, in some situations as well uh, for a teaser but it's just like a parlay both legs have to get home in order for you to to cash the ticket here but you know uh, I think this is something we should really point out when we're talking about these key numbers so if, if all these games here are landing on three like we see this you know f- just over 15 percent of the time since 2003 it was actually up a little bit in 2008 uh, when it's uh, games landing exactly on three as well jay let's explain why one and a half two and two and a half point spreads are so 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 important the professionals um definitely look at teasers and the re You'll, you see the price now has gone up. It used to be you get teasers minus 110, minus 120. We're seeing a lot of now 130s you have to lay for a two-team six-point teaser, meaning they both have to win for you to cash your ticket. And um, the importance is these key numbers. If you're going to bet teasers, you want to you wanna utilize the key numbers of three, four, and six, and seven, and cross over those numbers if you're betting. So um, I'll what I anticipate in week one of the NFL season on that opening Sunday, I believe the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a very popular teaser play um, to tease them down. So they opened at seven. You're seeing seven and a half across the board. A majority of sports books are favored over the Giants at home. There is a CG technology still has them at seven. So instead of laying seven and a half, you could take the Dallas Cowboys and a 16, six point teaser, which is the most popular, and tease them down to one and a half. You could do six and a half point teaser, a little more on the price, and tease them down to one. Now you're just asking the Cowboys to basically win the game. If it's one and a half, they'd have to win by two or more. And instead of um, having to win by, if you're making a straight bet, more than seven and a half or the key numbers if it lands on three if it lands on four lands on six now you win that portion of the bet and you can um, take that now move it into and play one other one other game and a lot of times people then save it for the monday night games maybe and <laughs> i think the saints are going to be a pretty popular monday night teaser as well they're laying seven so you're going to see a lot of players teasing them down to one again just asking them to win i personally like to look the other way i like to tease them up more than down except or when I really believe a team, I think the cow, I think the Giants, you know, are going to have a tough time this year. So um, I like to tease from seven, seven and a half, eight down to below the three. 
I, I also uh, like teasing up. So when I can get a three and a half point or a four point underdog and tease them up and now I'm getting double digits or 10, uh, I look that way. But definitely the most popular and you'll see the most publics are definitely teasing them down and the pros specifically look to tease them over those key numbers of th- yeah, I am real, real, uh, I'm real high on, like you mentioned, teasing up as well. When I see one and a half, twos and two and a halfs, I'm not going to say it's almost an inst- three, four, six and seven. You know, it, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's like an auto tease for me at one and a half, two and two and a half to, to get it up over those, uh, to get it up through the three, the four, the six, the seven. And, and even in, a, in the case of a two and a half, getting it through the eight as well, which, as we mentioned, with the two point conversion becoming a little more popular as well, can certainly uh, play into account here. But when I see those two and a halves, twos and one and a halves, man, that is my, my little my little blinker starts <laughs> yes. going. And it is certainly something you can you can ask Brett. I mean. Uh, it's it's not an auto tease, but it is nearly an auto tease for me to go up through those things when I when I see those two and a halves. Well, here's a question for you guys, because I don't bet teasers. Now that we're seeing like exact margin odds for NFL games at a book like DraftKings, are you better off taking the exact number or or adjusted or, you know, the adjusted point spread versus a teaser? Have you have you studied what the difference is in pricing there? Well, unfortunately, we both live in Las Vegas and we live in Nevada and the betting menu, at least to date, we will hope we are hoping that this thing really cranks up here. But, you know, Jay, I I don't know. I I don't know about you, but there we don't have a ton. We don't have as many alternative markets as I would certainly like and certainly don't have enough of the books here doing alternative markets where we would even be able to line shop or compare. There's really only one or two that's doing it well. So to me, I. I don't really focus a lot of my attention into those because I don't have very many options. Right. There's, and that's good. That there may very well change and not only Nevada, but other States, as you see um, the betting markets and the promotions offered and, and to stay more competitive. But Circa, as we mentioned in the lead in, they've got the five and a five and a half point teasers. And, and so to give you an idea, well, an MGM might be a two point, Six point teaser, two team six point teaser might have to lay a dollar hundred and thirty to win a hundred or dollar thirty to win a dollar. The circa you can lay five points. So as as Matt's saying, maybe they're in a two and a half point underdog, but God, I'd love to. I'll take them at seven and a half instead of going all the way to eight and a half and only lay a dollar five or a hundred and five to win a hundred. Those are maybe you know circa's already ahead of what other books have done here in Las Vegas and Nevada to be able to offer that. But I think they'll see more competitiveness as they have to. Com- against the books that are offering that more and I think I think you're hearing that from some of the discussions with the sports book operators and you're going to see them just being more creative in some of their more some of their offerings as well yeah and we talked about shopping prices I mean in shopping odds we certainly can shop prices when it comes to the teasers as well we will certainly fill you in on any updates to this but from what we have here FanDuel you got to lay a buck 30 you got to lay a buck twenty-five at Circa, a buck thirty at MGM. Uh, stations actually in Vegas, if you are around Nevada, actually is a buck twenty on two-team six-point teaser. So that's actually the best price you're going to find. So if you don't have a Stations account, you can at least get uh, get a buck twenty on your teasers there. But as Jay mentioned, something I'm certainly going to be looking at as well, and I do have an account, and we'll be playing the the handicapping contest. We'll talk about a little bit later at Circa. But that five-point is pretty interesting at one hundred and five. 
five, especially like you said, if we can find those two and a halves and then you get it up through the through the seven to seven and a half and only having to pay one oh five. I think that's going to be something I'm going again, my my uh, my blinkers and blinders and everything, all that's going to be be going off here if I can see those uh, situations. As well, the five point, you know, if a team's favored by five or five and a half, you know, if you're laying, if you're doing the six point teaser, you're not getting the benefit of right. having laying the five down to just to pick them. So those are already circus, you know, offering something that we haven't seen in Nevada. But I think you'll see plenty of opportunities at FanDuel, at at uh, DraftKings, and the other competitive books through, across New Jersey, and and take advantage of the pro- take advantage of the promotions, take advantage of the offers that they have, and, and try to get the best uh, the best prices you can. As we mentioned, we were able to catch up with the COO of Rush Street Interactive, Matthias Stetz. Talks a little bit about what they have going on over in Pennsylvania with Sugar House and Bet Rivers. A pretty interesting contest. Here's Mr. Stetz. Now joining us on the show, very excited to welcome in Matthias Stetz. He is the COO of Rush Street Interactive, as you guys know. Going to talk to him a little bit today about everything that they've got going on over there and, of course, the big contest there in Pennsylvania that they just announced. Thank you for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. So entering second football season for you guys here, what's the vibe like around Rush Street? I mean, has the, did, could you imagine we would be where we are in just one year? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, it's, been a, it's been a very fast year, uh, to tell the, tell the truth. Uh, I mean, it just felt like we, we had the Super Bowl and then March Madness came and then the playoffs in the hockey and basketball and suddenly we're here again. First day of preseason, preseason games coming up here, or first week of preseason football, and the vibe, as you said, is uh, is electric. Football is the thing, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. In the the regular season, right around the corner, about uh, I mean, less than a month away. What can we expect from Sugar House and Bet Rivers this season? I know last year. You guys, New Jersey had reduced VIG on Sundays, I think 14 or 15 cent lines, which was the best in the New Jersey market. Uh, Are we going to see that again this year? And what kind of difference did that make uh, as far as betting volume once you did have those reduced lines on Sunday or reduced VIG on Sunday? Uh, So the VIG might go uh, might go down uh, the closer to the game. we right. get usually on on Tuesdays when the the opening lines come out, there is a greater uncertainty on usually on injuries and uh, and who will play on Sunday. But as we get closer to Sunday game or to kickoff on Sunday, uh, usually the we we reduce the reduce the vig a little bit. So uh, we're pl- doing the same thing this year as we did last year. So we're hopefully being best in the market again. Of course, the big news to come out here is you guys announced a pick'em contest, and this is a handicapping contest over in Pennsylvania, going to be happening at Sugar House and Rivers. Five hundred thousand guaranteed in this thing, one hundred and twenty-five k to first. How did this all come about? Is this something you guys have been talking about for a long time? Is this something you were even hoping you might be able to get to to last year, or is this just? Uh, it did this how did this all come about well last year we launched the playsugarhouse.com the sportsbook at playsugarhouse.com i think a week and a half or two weeks before the nfl season started so that wasn't really an option uh, back then we didn't know 
what the volumes would be, but based on how we did in New Jersey and the early uh, f- first few weeks in Pennsylvania, we felt that we now have uh, enough volume to offer our players uh, a big contest, a Vegas style pick and contest. I know that in Vegas they do have the spreads in there and some of them, uh, but we thought well, let's do it simple. Let's put a price point where a lot of people can can participate. Uh, we open up 25 entries, so if someone wants to participate heavily, they can too. And um, that's how it came about. It actually came about a few weeks, a few weeks after the the NBA finals were done. We started talking about are we going to do something big. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. But this is PA only, right? There's no New Jersey contest. Is that something you guys are working on or looking into, or why only PA for this? Uh, well, in PA, the, the, we have two brands and uh, we have enough volume to, uh, to support that in, in PA. We were thinking about joining it, but then you have the, the pooling across state lines that made it impossible. Um, and also PGCB in, in Pennsylvania have slightly different rules maybe for, for contests like this than the DG. Right in New Jersey. So, in the end, we decided let's go in one market. There will be something else in New Jersey, uh, but that's still still to be announced. Ah, but I like it. it. I it like it. A little big, bit though. of a tease here on the yeah, podcast. Something. There would be some promotional uh, promotions around the NFL for sure. I like it. I like it. Now, you mentioned that this is a pick 'em and not a spread contest, like the couple of other contests that are out in vegas is there any particular reason you guys chose a pick as opposed to the whole spread thing is it you just wanted to try something different kind of a lower barrier to entry maybe for the the casual player it is a lower barrier to entry and it also um, i mean the line will give the, the the players an indication of who is the favorite obviously so they i think it's also a feeling of uh, you maybe it's easier to just pick the winner uh, because uh, with the lines in there, it's a, it's more of a 50-50 coin flip. So we uh, we wanted the players to really feel that their knowledge uh, will be rewarded here. And you guys are partners with Camby. Do they have any involvement in this contest or is this just you guys? This is just us. Gotcha. So th- this definitely has a, a casual, better feel to it. I totally understand why you guys did that. How did you How did you decide on the price point of one hundred and fifty dollars? Though why Why one fifty? Why not like a th- like three hundred or five hundred dollars? It was uh, It was actually in collaboration with our brick and mortar casinos. We discussed a lot with them uh, what they thought would be a good price point, and um, some of us internally wanted a higher price point because obviously the pool then could be, we could advertise maybe a bigger price pool. But in the end, we felt we wanted to invite as many people as possible uh, to this contest. Hence, we lowered the price point so that what we think the casual bettors can also join this, this contest. Now, unlike the super contest out in Vegas, you guys actually have a guarantee attached to this one. There is 500K that's going to be guaranteed. And if you're listening to this and you're not absolutely sure what that means, that means even if for some reason they do not get enough players in the prize pool to make up $500,000, they will still be paying out $500,000. How many entries do you guys expect to get in this thing? Well, uh 
if you just take the five hundred thousand dollars divided by the hundred fifty, <laughs> that, that that's about three thousand. I think it's three thousand three hundred and something. Uh, actually, I should do the math probably, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we around three thousand five hundred entries is what we're hoping for, I guess, to at least cover the prize pool. And obviously, we hope to be able to. Um, Increase the price pool. And one point for, for your listeners here is that we take no house cut in this. So like you just like you said, we're guaranteeing 500,000. So even if we don't get enough players to play, we will still pay out 500,000. If we get more players than, the, uh, the, than what we need to cover the, pr- the price, 100% of all entries will go back into the pool and be paid out. So we have a zero VIG on this, no house cut. That is amazing. Yeah, it comes out to about 3,300 play, uh, 3, entries. We shouldn't say players necessarily because people can have yeah, multiple entries. entries. Exactly. Yeah. You, can, you can do multiple entries. Yes. Yeah, so it's about 3,300 entries to, to break even. Certainly at this price point, very, very doable. I mean, we've seen the, the $1,500 contest out here in, in Vegas reach those type of numbers. So certainly you would think you guys are getting there. And like you said, I hope, I hope it blows past it and the, the prize pool becomes even bigger for sure. Yep. Actually, we've already developed a ticker to be ready to put it on site to, to show people what the price pool is. I like it. So I, I, I'm extremely tempted to play this contest. I only live an hour from the PA border, and I know I'm not alone. There are a lot of people in New Jersey and New York, or in, in New York who are going to want to be uh, involved in this. How does it work for those who don't live in PA but still want to participate? I would need to sign up in Pennsylvania, and then I would need to make my picks in Pennsylvania every week. Is that right? Correct. You you can you can actually you can sign up for the site for playsugarhouse.com or betrivers.com from anywhere in the U.S. But then once you make the entry, because that is a financial transaction that has right. to be in Pennsylvania, and then the regulator also wanted us to um, put a geo geofencing on making the submitting the picks. So what what. Once a week, you would have to be in Pennsylvania to submit the picks. Uh, so, so to wrap things up here, I mean, obviously looking for some success here in, in this contest. I can only imagine if you guys got something going like this, maybe we see something for the NBA. Maybe we see something even just for, could dare we say, college football even? Uh that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many college games you would have to pick. Uh, this is the, just also for your information here is that this is the Sunday game. So Thursday, the Thursday night game or whenever they play on Saturdays at the end of the season will not be a part of this. Uh, this will be the Sunday from 1 p.m. games. All the, You have to pick all the games from 1 p.m. onwards until, until the Monday night game. And there are also weekly prizes. The weekly winner... Uh, on each site will get uh, $2,500. Yeah, and I love, love, love the little bonus prizes as well and really appreciate you taking the time and coming on and talking to our listeners about this awesome contest. And we, we were we were talking about this, I mean, basically at the end of last football season, we were hoping that one of these new states that came online was going to be able to offer something to the players and really glad that you guys stepped up and did this and looking forward to see how it all turns out for you. Thank you again for having me. Matthias Stess, the CEO of Rush Street Interactive. Guys, $500,000 guaranteed in this contest. Only a $150 entry, so be sure and get in over there. Thanks again to Matthias Stets for joining us on the podcast, Brett. 
listen, I, I totally understand where he's coming from. And we'll, we'll talk about the, the contest a little bit uh, here in just a second. But I totally understand where he co- where he's coming from about, you know, keeping the price point where it is a little more available to the masses. And so I uh, certainly think that this is something that can be maybe replicated by some of these other books around, you know, as as these new states open up, as these new markets open up, as you know, we're going to see actually completely new players in the game. I mean, the score is is about to launch as well. So we're actually going to have more players in the game as well. I think that maybe we'll start to see some of these contests that have a more accessible price point. Yeah, and not just the price point. I like that they've started this with just a pick them. It's a lot more inviting for somebody who might be hesitant to, you know, to compete against some of the sharper players who uh, who study point spreads. So I mean, if you're just picking winners, uh, I think you're going to see a lot more people sign up for this and take take a shot at a really really nice prize pool. Uh, he mentioned the possibility of overlay. It it, it could happen. I mean, I, you know, this yeah. is a big contest with a tiny. Uh, really a, a tiny entry compared to some of the big ones in Las Vegas. So I, I love it. I'm really I'm going to do everything I can to try to get in this. Uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's it's really exciting for the industry just to see this in a new state. Now, we are out here, Jay and I, in Las Vegas. So we are very familiar with the Westgate Super Contest. You heard us talk about it a little bit on in the interview there. It is a $1,500 entry fee. You can have up to two entries per person. Last year, first place was $1.4 million. It was $1.3 the year before that. It was $895,000 the year before that. So you can see that the growth in this contest has been good, and you can only imagine that it's going to grow even more with legalization starting to happen and more people being interested in sports betting across the country. They do do a $15,000 like bonus for the first four-week leader, the midpoint leader, and then they do a mini contest at the end of the season it's the last three weeks of the season that's also a fifteen thousand dollar mini contest as well but mainly 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 with this one the money is up top now i've been very critical of this jay i i feel that if you give more people a positive experience that you are just creating a better atmosphere and a better ecosystem for sports gambling and sports betting I think that Westgate totally disagrees with me, obviously. Uh, they, they are keeping the, the, the top-heavy payout structure and you know, only paying out to 100 places, which you know, when you're talking about you know, 3,000-plus entries is not a very deep payout either. But it still continues to be the granddaddy of all of the contests. And uh, you know, I don't know. I'll probably pony up the $1,500 and play. I am completely on your side. I know you wrote an article on this some time ago. Of the awful structure from the Westgate, and I'm I'm less uh, likely to be critical uh, in going after them, and I I, I actually should with our, some of our sports mediums that we have, to, and and I've emailed and had conversations as well with some of the sportsbook directors at these places. But let me just go back. The Westgate used to not have a a rake in their um, contest. Um, it was only in recent years that they went to a you know 10%, which I I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I you know in in poker you've got them you've got to cover administrator you got to, they put in the time. I don't see anything wrong with that. But in doing so, now it's about what the promotion and showing we're going to pay over a million dollars and that's what gets people's attention and they want the more cut the more registrants and more entries the better because they're getting 10 percent off the top of all of that as far as a structure i was in it the last time i was in it, i think it was 2016 i did it back to back years i finished top six both years top six percent i was on a team and i was 
just left kind of frustrated because I wouldn't play in a poker tournament that only paid out two to three percent of the winners. And then to to be in the mix halfway through and among the top leaders and then not just just miss the money one year was was a you know a little frustrating. And as, as someone who you know is in this pretty seriously and takes it, I think there should definitely be a, a structure that's more user-friendly, which we're going to get to that. And one of the reasons that I'll be in the Circa is not only because um, – well, it's a, that's 1,000 versus 1,500, but they're, they're, they've got the million – 0.5 guarantee price pool, but also they've got quarterly winners. And at least if you're having a, a tough season or you start out a little slow, you're not out of it right away and you're going to have those opportunities. And I, again, back to the competitiveness, I think we'll see more contests coming out like the Circa and we'll see plenty more. Pennsylvania's is, I think, terrific. The structure that they've got now for their payout and we'll get to the, the discussion of that but i'm more i'm on your side i'm critical of what uh, they're doing they're doing it to get the entries up and if they're going to do it i think they still need to alter their structure a little bit more on the payout side uh, brett i mean you and i grew up through the the poker boom and this seemed like a problem and i mentioned this in that article that i wrote about a year ago about this was you know one of the biggest problems was that the poker industry thought that the only way you could attract people was to put these giant first places on things. And then what ended up happening was someone, you know, the, the guys bink the money and then the money leaves the ecosystem and it never returns. And so if you pay out more people and even if you pay out more shallow, what they ended up finding, and you see this across the, the tournament landscape now in tournament poker, is the fact that a lot of that money, especially the people who are kind of finishing in that bottom tier but still cashing, that that money goes back into the ecosystem. It goes back into buy-ins. It goes back into contests. It goes back into bets. It goes back into whatever it might be. And I honestly think that that would be the same situation for for sports betting as well. I mean, we don't have a case study. Uh, you know, for the longest time, the Super Contest was really the only thing kind of running there. There is other contests around town, but nothing that we can really, you know, glean any information from when it comes down to it. And, you know, I don't know. I feel like if you're putting up 1500 bucks in the in the first place was a, was a flat million, does it really does it really move the needle that it's one point four million right. as opposed to one million? I don't think so. I think you and then that's four hundred thousand dollars that could be distributed, you know, further and deeper into the into the player pool there. So I don't know. I, you tell me, Brad. I mean, again, like we said, we, we kind of saw this all play out in poker. You don't need a case study. This is common sense. I, I, we've talked about this at length, so we don't need to, to delve into it again. Uh, but the Westgate just does not agree. They're going after the you know the record-setting top prize year after year, uh, and it it hurts the it hurts the economy of the contest. I mean, some people who might have cashed last year would be playing again, might not have the fifteen hundred dollars to play again because you're only paying. The top five, three to five percent. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I'm sad to see that some of the other contests are going with the same payout structure. And hopefully this is something that, that changes over the next few years. The Super Contest Gold is an alternative. If you uh, have a big bankroll, it is actually a 5K entry and it's a winner take all. So at least you know what you're getting into whenever you enter that contest. Now, as Jay alluded to, the Circa Million is a new contest on the block. Circa being a new sports betting provider here in Nevada. It's a $1,000 entry fee. You can actually have up to three entries in this one. They're guaranteeing a prize pool. So $1.5 million is guaranteed in this thing. So even if they do not have enough entries to get to 1.5 million they are on the hook for 
1.5 million. Now it is super top heavy as well. 1 million guaranteed to first place in that one. However, as Jay mentioned, at least with this one, there is a quarterly prize of $50,000. So you could start off rough or you could start out on fire and you can still make some money. And if you close out like hell, or if you, uh, if you go on a crazy run at the end of the season, you can still make some money in this thing. I think that I, I I understand why they did the payout structure the way they did first first contest out of the gate here having yeah. that one million atti- attached to the top I get it I would like to think that Derek and over the oh, and them over there kind of see and maybe don't feel like they don't have to mimic everything that's on the market I think that maybe there's a there's a chance for them to understand that if someone's putting up a thousand dollars and they turn it into 500k that they're still going to be pretty damn excited about that and if you can pay a little bit deeper and pay a little bit uh pay pay some more people that might that might actually be the the route to go but there is at least a challenger here Jay on the block as mentioned, the Circos, uh, I think you'll see more and more options coming from them. And and remember, the sportsbook director over there was, I believe, if I'm correct, he was previously at the Westgate. He understands how they run different promotions, different contests, and I think he'll be very creative in coming up with more. So this is just the start for Circa. Certainly wanted to make, a, I think, a point in saying we got a million dollar contest and and that, that that will attract some people. But at least, like you mentioned, they've got some quarterly payouts. Uh, give 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 uh, the entry people an, uh, more of an opportunity to at least win something. They are paying out. I think is a top ten, so that's not much. But again, the quarterly uh, and 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 they'll make adjustments. I think as they get the feedback from the first year, you'll see not only this contest with some adjustments in in structure, but probably more offerings as well. I believe that as well. And of course, if you live outside of Nevada, you can play in these contests. You do have to register in person, so you'll have to make the trip out here, but. After you register in person, you can actually get a proxy. Just do, just Google uh, Super Contest or Circa Million Proxy. There's a bunch of people that'll pop up, so uh, you can take advantage of that. But what they do is, at that point, you sign over and allow them to make your picks for you. The sports books work in tandem with these proxies and things like that, so uh, it's pretty trustworthy. I've never heard of anyone getting ripped off by the you know the the main pro- people that provide the proxy services out here or whatever. So uh, you can feel pretty confident in that, and you will be able to play in these contests as well. And of course, as we mentioned, the the 500k uh, contest over in Pennsylvania at Sugar House and Bet Rivers is only 125 before the 15th, so you still have about five days to get in for 125. Bucks. It's $150 after that. $2,500 weekly prizes in that thing and $125,000 for first. So, uh, and that's a straight pick em contest, not against the spread. As uh, court, uh, the uh, Circa and Westgate contest, five, you pick five games against the spread. You just play straight up pick em there in Pennsylvania. So, if you're not quite the handicapper that you think you are, a pick em contest certainly should suit you a little bit better. Guys, before we get out of here, real quick, don't want to take too long here. Want to keep this kind of right at an hour, but. Hard Knocks debuted. It is the Oakland Raiders. We have Gruden. We have Carr. We have Antonio Brown. We have some stars of the show. Brett, any takeaways from the first episode of Hard Knocks? Yeah, that team's a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only going to get worse now that we've got the, the news that Antonio Brown is just like not he's not being transparent at all with the team about his, his feet. So that's going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks, but Man, the, I, <laughs> I don't know how this team is going to win games this year. They're, this is a nightmare squad. They're so young, too. Yeah, we talked about the brutal schedule and everything as it is anyway, yeah. and then you kind of look at some of the stuff that's going on. Jay, anything st- stand out to you from that first episode of Hard Knocks? 
haven't watched it much, but I, I will say that I think I don't I don't remember when they decided to have the Raiders on, but if it was after they knew that Antonio Brown, but his absence obviously is, uh, they I think they're planning on him being there, and they'd have a they'd have even more to talk about, and and uh, a pretty robust person to give some thoughts into. Uh, the whole the whole design of what they're trying to accomplish, and that's that's the John Gruden's comments on here. Uh, yeah, he's got to hold some of these, as as Brett said. They're they're in for a tough season here, and they're with their travel schedule. But um, I don't pay as much attention to the hard knocks and just kind of get a laugh out of some of it. Brett, I will say this: Gruden did give some pretty good one-liners. He certainly has been the star of the show so far, and and him just talking to some of the players and and the interactions and things like that. I mean, he he. It was at least entertaining from that aspect. And then also, of course, I think that probably the line of the entire show was Antonio Brown's kids asking where Roethlisberger was. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, I love Gruden. I-, I think he is he's the most entertaining man in football, I think. So, I mean, if you just give me a full hour of, Gr- of Gruden every week, I'm in. It's some of these other storylines that I-, I didn't love. I know they spent a lot of time on the the kid from the, uh, the Netflix show who got cut. That was kind of interesting just seeing how quickly they can give up on a guy like that but uh a lot of time spent on him the thing with hard knocks now is so many teams do their own content hours and hours of content it's kind of the same thing so hard knocks feels a little watered down to me this year compared to last year's uh we'll see how we'll see how it looks in the final few weeks but um i was not impressed with the first episode yeah that was the only downfall i think they spent a lot of time on ollie if you guys have watched the netflix show last chance you he was one of the big big stars of that show a guy that the coaching staff kept talking whenever they would talk to them you know on the side that he was just an extremely talented dude but had just the worst work ethic and worst attitude humanly possible and that really kind of played out there he was an undrafted free agent that went out there for the Raiders and then right off the bat just kind of showing some of that same attitude type things and then decided that he was quote-unquote injured and couldn't play for the rest of the day and yeah Brett I think that was the thing that stood out to me as well that you can certainly uh that you can certainly take away from that episode and they did spend too much time on it but if you're an undrafted free agent and you kind of come out there with a weird attitude like they will cut you loose real quick and that's exactly what happened with him they were just kind of like all right he doesn't want to be out here then uh let's just let's just get someone out here that does want to be out here and I mean it was a matter of days and he was gone yeah, and Gruden's response was was my favorite. They just brought the new guy in, brought the new guy in, gave him the same number, and Gruden's just like, <laughs> "That is the ugliest." No, just it, 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 it was it was it was it was really funny uh, how Gruden uh, just kind of you know next man up, and, and you're in there, and he's just immediately talking up the next guy. It's just uh, pretty pretty interesting to get that kind of access to uh, just to John Gruden and the whole the whole process. By the time you uh, that uh, part of it, I do love. By the time you listen to this, you will have seen the Vikings and Saints and Bucks and Steelers most likely. Then we have three more games on Saturday. Bengals, Chiefs, Rams, Raiders, and Cowboys 49ers. That'll wrap up week one of the preseason. And then we will kind of have our full thoughts here. Certainly try to keep you up to date on any of the beat writer news and notes that are coming out as well that we're using to at least somewhat form what we think about these teams and how we might go about 
handicapping these teams moving forward. But again, just week one, tough to pull a ton out of there. Not a lot of starter time, not a lot of guys that are going to be on the field a ton contributing. So we are looking forward to week two and week three, where we really get to see how these offenses and these coaches are going to perform here. But guys, as always, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can find us on the Twitter machine at the Lions US. So please, please do that. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us climb the little rankings there and more people find the podcast. And the more people that find this podcast, are they are just going to become better betters, okay? So let's help people become better betters and at least they will become more informed of ways they can go get free money. So be sure and do that at DraftKings Sportsbook before that promotion runs out. For Jay, for Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.